spiral down. The stallion halted, without any outward command from his rider. With the peerless swoop of her kind, Baku, the great African eagle, came in to settle on the pronged rest that formed the horn of Hosting's specially designed trail saddle. The bird was panting. Her head turned a little to one side as one bright and keen-sighted eye regarded Hosting steadily. For a long moment, they sat so, in perfect rapport. Science had fostered that link between man and bird, had tested and trained man, bred, tested, and trained bird, to form not just a team of two very different life forms, but, when the need arose, part of a smoothly working weapon. The enemy was gone. There was no longer any need for such a weapon, and the scientists who had fashioned it had vanished into ash. But the alliance remained, as steadfast here on Arzor as it had ever been on those other worlds where a sabotage and combat team of man, bird, and animals had operated with accurate efficiency. Nehichi Wudo, to Ashaniya, Hosting asked softly, savoring the speech that perhaps he alone now, along the stellar lanes, would ever speak with fluency. We're making pretty good time, aren't we? Baku answered with a low, throaty sound, a click of her hunter's beak in agreement. Though she relished the freedom of the sky, she wanted no more of its furnace heat in the coming day than he did. When they made the line camp, she would willingly enter its heat-dispelling cavern. Rain, the stallion, trotted on. He was accustomed now to transporting Baku, having fitted into the animal pattern from off-world with his own contribution, speed, and stamina in travel. Now he neighed shrilly. But Hosting had already caught sight of familiar landmarks. Top that small rise, passed through a copse of muff bushes, and they were at the camp where Logan should be on duty for his ten-day period. But somehow, Hosting was already doubting he would find him there. The camp was not a building, but a cave of sorts, in the side of a hillock. Following the examples of native inhabitants, the settlers who ran fronds or horses in the plains set their hot weather stations deep in the cool earth. The conditioners, which controlled atmosphere for the buildings in the two small cities, the structures in the small, widely separated towns of the range country and main houses of the holdings were too complicated and expensive to be used in line camps. Hello! Hosting raised his voice in the ringing hail of a camp visitor. The recessed, earth-encircled doorway of the living quarters was dark. From this distance, he could not tell whether it was open or closed, and the wider opening to the stable, which would give the imported horses a measure of protection, was also a blank. But a minute later, a red-yellow figure moved against the red-yellow earth at the side of the mound, and sun glinted brightly on two curves of ivory-white, breaking the natural camouflage of the waiting Norby by revealing the six-inch horns, as normal to his domed skull as thick black hair was the Hostings. A long arm flashed up, and the rider recognized Gorgel, once hunter of the Shosana tribe, and now in charge of the small horse herd that was Hosting's own personal investment in the future. The Norby came out of the shade of the hillock to reach for Rain's hackamore as Hosting swung stiffly down. Brown Terran fingers flashed in fluid sign talk. You are here. There is trouble? Logan? Gorgel was young, hardly out of boyhood, but he had already reached his full growth of limb. His six-foot, ten-inch body, all lean, taut muscle over hard, compact bone, towered over Hosting. His yellow eyes, 
the vertical pupils mere threads of black against the sun's intrusive glare, did not quite meet those of the Terran. But his right hand sketched a sign for the necessity of talk. Norby and human vocal cords were so dissimilar as to render oral speech between offworlder and native impossible. But the finger talk worked well between the races. An expert, as most of the range riders had to be, could express complex ideas in small, sometimes nearly invisible movements of thumb and fingers. Hosteen went into the cave camp, Baku riding his shoulder. And while the coolness of the earth wall could only be a few degrees less than the temperature of the outside, that difference was enough to bring a sigh of content from the sweating man, a cluck of appreciation from the eagle. The Terran halted inside to allow his eyes to adjust to the welcome dusk, and a single glance about told him he had guessed right. If Logan had been here, he was now gone. And not